with that, mi gente? You are listening to Voice of the World of the League. I'm Aranin Kaike. Benny More traveled the musical skies like a shooting star. Here one moment, gone the next. His impact on Cuban music lasts to this day, and his phenomenal talent is still celebrated. Rising from the poorest section of Santa Isabel de las Lajas, Cuba, he became known by Cuba and the world as El Barbaro de Ritmo, or simply as El Benny, by his many Cuban fans. Today we will be exploring his exceptional talent and learning about his life. We're going to start off with a song here, No Hay Tierra Como La Mía, There's No Land Like Mine. Porque eres mi preferida, no hay tierra como la mía, tierra de tabaco y ron. Qué linda, qué linda son sus mujeres, señora y qué sabrosas son. No hay tierra como la mía, tierra de tabaco y ron. Cuando toman así mi ron, no hay tierra como la mía, tierra de tabaco y ron. that we just heard, No hay tierra como la mía. Now I'm going to tell you a bit about Bartolome Maximiliano More Gutierrez, who was born on the 24th of August, 1919 in Santa Isabel de las Lajas, Cuba. And he was born in the poorest part of Santa Isabel de las Lajas, a part of town called La Guinea. He was actually one of, he was the oldest of 18 siblings. And his mother was Virginia Secundina. And she, from a very young age, she had worked in the, in the, sugarcane fields working there and she also though and this is a bit where he gets his musical inspiration and his music the musical side of benny comes in where she sang when she was young and she also studied violin for a little while and his father agustiano more was a field manager in the sugarcane fields and he was not in benny's life at all the only father that he knew was silvestre gutierrez and he wasn't around because a lot because he had to travel to find work and that was pretty common at the time I also think it's really interesting to mention Benny's great-great-grandfather was a man called Ta Ramon Gundo Paredes, and he was said to have been a son, a son of a king of a Congo tribe who was captured and sold into slavery, and he was actually later was liberated and died a free man at the age of 94. I think it's such an incredible story, really, just to kind of... What an incredible ancestor uh, Benny had there. And I mean, it's just such an incredible story. And I always find it's important to mention that when we talk about Benny More. But back to Benny. He made his first instrument when he was just six years old and he would organize bands with his siblings. Uh, and then when he was in just in the in the fourth grade, because of very bad economic conditions and because sugar prices were so volatile, he had to go work in the sugar fields alongside his mother and his other siblings. Um, and of course, he had a very, very difficult, very, very difficult childhood because they were just in such poverty. And so he worked in those fields until he was 17. And this is when he decides to go to Havana. But we're going to hear some of his early recordings. These are ones that he did with Conjunto Matamoros. And I'm going to tell a story of how he came to work with them after we come back. To start off, here's his first hit with them, Buenos Hermanos. Qué bueno son, qué bueno. 
traigo en el fondo del alma la ofrenda de mi canción en una fértil pradera a orilla del Pamutí he compuesto para ti mi canción linda banera So there was two songs from Benny Moore's time with Conjunto Matamoros, starting off Buenos Hermanos, and then we went into Ofrenda Criolla. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened once Benny went to Havana. He was 17, and he decides that he's going to go to Havana for a few months at that time. And he... He's there, he's 17, and he starts to work in the market. He starts to, he was worked at a, as a yerbero. He used to sell uh, herbs and fruits and things like that. And so things really didn't go so well for him while he was there. He was trying to kind of get more uh, experience and recognition as an artist, but it really, there was so many artists like him at that time that they were really trying to make it, and they, they couldn't. I mean, it was such a, it was a very difficult environment. So after six months, he goes back to... It's not clear where if he went back to Santa Isabel de las Lajas or Vertientes because his childhood was really split between Vertientes and Santa Isabel de las Lajas because his mother would sometimes have to travel to Vertientes uh, to for work to to had to, had to travel for work, uh, so it's really not clear it, which which town he went back to. However, what is clear is that he went back to working in the sugarcane fields and then he got malaria and after that he worked as a cart driver. It was also around this time that he was able to save enough money to buy his first guitar. And this was very important. Soon after, he returned to Havana. And this time, he had a plan and he really had a mission. However, and he was he was very motivated. He really wanted to make it work. However, he, met, he, he spent many nights. Um, he really went hungry many nights in Havana. He had a very, very difficult time. And he was, he was really struggling for about three years. And then he met his second cousin named Enrique Benitez. He would later be known, he's a very important figure in Cuban music himself, known as El Conde Negro. And he was very important because he showed him how things were in Havana. Because Benny, we have to remember, he came from the country. 
I mean, Benny era un guajiro. So he really, he struggled in Havana because he didn't know how things were there. He had grown up in the country his whole life. So meeting Enrique Benitez, who really knew how things were in Havana, really helped him. In, the in 1940, he started to get some gigs playing really small gigs at bars and restaurants and things like that. And this is where something really more problematic started to happen with Benny. And this is very sad. And, and this is something that happened to a lot of other musicians as well. In those kind of gigs that he was playing at that time, they weren't being paid uh, properly. And a lot of times they weren't actually being paid money. Sometimes they would just give them alcohol. Um, and this led to Benny's struggle, this the, his lifelong struggle with alcoholism. And this is very, very sad. Uh, but that's where it started. It was started when he was working at that time in bars and restaurants and things like that musicians like him they weren't being paid properly and they would just a lot of times the, these these establishments would just give them alcohol and it was really terrible and it, it did really it was something that plagued him his whole life benny also worked for cmq cmz and radio mil in 1941 and he participated in the cmq show la corte suprema del arte and the first time he was booed off stage and then he went back a second time and he won first prize and this is when Ciro Rodriguez from Conjunto Matamoros first heard him, and he was very, very impressed. And then soon after, Miguel Matamoros was sick with laryngitis, and he asked Mozo Borgella, who also knew Benny, um, to, to go find a singer. And Mozo Borgella hired Benny. And so he sang with them for several years, and then later he would replace Miguel Matamoros as the lead singer. Miguel went more towards arranging um, and conducting the band. On the 21st of June, 1945, he went with Conjunto Matamoros to Mexico and they returned to Cuba, but he decided to stay. But I'll tell you a little bit more about that and how he got the name Benny once we get back from these next few songs. Sere Dichoso. Thank you. 
Oh, 
So there we just heard three songs from his time with Conjunto Matamoros, starting off Seré Dichoso, then we heard Que Será Eso, and then going into Benny Silina. So Benny decides Conjunto Matamoros takes him to Mexico in June of 1945, and they return to Cuba, and he decides that he wants to stay in Mexico. And before he left, Miguel Matamoros gave him one piece of uh, advice, and that was that he needed to change his name. So Benny's name was Bartolome and everyone called him Bartolo. Now in Mexican slang and how people talk, Bartolo was uh, a donkey. And so that would not have been such a great name for his artistic career. So Benny chose the name. His, his name from then on was Benny More. Uh, because before he had been known as Bartolo More. And from then on, he was known as Benny. Uh, and later on, of course, he earns a moniker or really just, you know, many people in Cuba still refer to him as El Benny. Anyway, Benny finds himself in a very similar situation that he had found himself in in Cuba before he started working with Conjunto Matamoros. He had no money and he started working for the artist union and he formed a band with Lalo Montané in December of 1945. But he was really still struggling at this point. Then he went on to record with Perez Prado and he recorded 28 songs with Perez Prado that was mostly mambos. So we're going to listen to some of those songs that he recorded with Perez Prado because this was, these were some very, very important recordings for him because this is when he first started getting hits on the radio and this is one of the better uh, gigs that he had gotten while he was in Mexico. Remember, he's, he's, he stood in Mexico kind of against the advice of a lot of the, uh, the musicians, especially of Conjunto Matamoros. And so he found himself struggling just as he, as he had been in Cuba. So it seemed like a very silly decision to the musicians. They thought he was crazy for doing that. Anyway, he decides to record with Perez Prado, and that went quite well for him. So we're going to hear Dolor Carabali. Oh, 
llorar por mí. So there was two songs that he recorded with Damaso Perez Prado, starting off Dolor Caravali and then moving into Pachito y Che. So his recordings with Perez Prado were quite successful, and these songs became big hits for him all over, eventually all over South America and the Caribbean. Not in Cuba, which I'm going to get to later, but all over South America, these became hits. However, Benny really didn't like to re-record hits. He'd be asked to songs such as Bonito y Sabroso, which we're going to hear later, which a lot of people think was recorded with uh, Damaso Perez Prado. It was not. It was recorded with uh, the orchestra of Rafael de la Paz. But people would ask him to re-record these songs, and he really didn't like to. He didn't like to redo. He said, if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. And he didn't like to redo the songs that he'd already recorded. We're going to get to some more songs here, however, for, with... Uh, we're going to hear one more song with Perez Prado. ¿Qué te pasa, José? Thank you. 
sé, ay yo no sé Dime si tienes poquillita Siempre te veo en la risita ¿Qué te pasa José? Ay yo no sé, ay yo no sé por qué Bailé la rumba, baila, bailé la conga, vaca, después que el mango se va a la estira. Bailé la rumba, baila, bailé la conga, vaca, después que el mango se va a la estira. We're going to get to some more songs here. We're going to listen to something that he recorded with Lalo Montané and Dueto Fantasma. Two great songs, actually. Me Voy Pa'l Pueblo. We're going to start out with Me Voy Pa'l Pueblo here. Because he worked quite extensively with uh, the conjunto of Lalo Montané and his Dueto Fantasma. So we're going to listen to two of those songs now. Cuando vuelva se acabó el cargo Me voy pa'l pueblo, hoy es mi día Voy a alegrar todo el alma mía Me voy pa'l pueblo, hoy es mi día Voy a alegrar todo el alma mía Thank you. 
marchando estoy Quiero que sepas que no estoy dispuesto A enterrarme en vida en un rincón Es lindo el campo, muy bien, ya lo sé Pero pa'l pueblo voy echando un pie Si tú no vienes mejor es así Pues yo no sé lo que será de mí Me voy pa'l pueblo Hoy es mi día, voy a alegrar toda el alma mía. Me voy para el pueblo, hoy es mi día, voy a alegrar toda el alma mía. La 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 Encontraste en mi pasado una razón para olvidarme o para quererme. Pides cariño, pides olvido, si te conviene. No llames corazón. Pasado, preguntas todo que cómo fue si antes de amar debe tenerse fe dar por un querer la vida misma sin morir eso es cariño no lo que hay there we just heard two songs me voy pa'l pueblo and mucho corazón with recorded both of those recorded with lalo montane moving on we're going to hear something that he recorded with the orchestra of rafael de la paz we're going to hear three songs three songs that became quite famous for him the first being bonito y sabroso uh and the second being mata ciguaraya 
and to a lesser extent, La Culebra. But these first two, Bonito y Sabrosos, almost become synonymous with the name of Benny More. And Mata Ciguaraya was, you know, such an incredible hit for him. And it was just such an incredible song. The way he does it, the way he sings Mata Ciguaraya, I don't think it's it's unmatched to me, at least, the way he hits the notes in this. The, the quality of Benny's voice, and I haven't talked about this yet. The quality of Benny's voice is so unique and it really shows when Benny More is so widely referred to as Cuba's greatest voice. I mean, he's known as El Benny. There's no need to say a last name. He's El Benny. And it shows just how much respect and how much of an impact he made on Cuban music. And that legacy endures to this day. Benny has had, I mean, just such an impact on on Cuban music and I remember something very interesting that uh, struck me was when I was listening to something Elio Rovio Cuba's foremost musicologist was saying about Benny and he said that Benny More can be seen in many ways as the culmination of Cuban musical art and he also said that Timba players, and he was talking, this was probably some years ago this probably was uh, early 2000s maybe late 90s but he was saying that timba, the the timba musicians of the of the of the modern day follow in his footsteps, and I found that to be so so interesting. But going back to that, Benny More can be seen as the culmination of Cuban musical art. I think that that is truly an incredible statement. And to be to 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 say something like that about an artist is really no small statement. This is coming from a foremost musicologist saying he is you know. The, the culmination of Cuban musical art, it really just underscores his importance um, and just how legendary he is. And it's not just as a singer, because this is a just part one of a two part show that I'm doing about Benny, because this is August is the month that he was born. The 24th of August is his birthday. So oh, this is part of a two part show. And I'm going to go more into this in next week's part. However, Benny was a very innovative musician. He was, even though he didn't know how to read music, he was very much involved in the in the arrangements. And another story that I heard from one of the, one of his musicians in his band, when, and this is much later when he created his own band in Cuba. One of his musicians said that even though he couldn't read or write music, he had an incredible ear. And when he would hear that something was off, he would know it immediately, and he would tell them, "Fix that. It's off." And I mean, he just had such a an ear for music. He really, really did. Uh, there's just this ability to know he knew immediately when something was off with his band and I it's just incredible and it really does show that well really I, I think um it shows just how incredible his understanding of his music was but also it shows how an artist cannot read or write music and they can and I think even more than artists who do read and write music they can be very very intuitive and very also it's, it also reminds me of a story about Tite Cure Alonso where Tito Puente told him not to study music because it would take away his spontaneity. I think Benny More had that, had a real spontaneity as well because he was a great sonero. He was the one to first be known as El Sonero Mayor. That's another story that I'm going to tell in part two as well. And he had this great ability to be spontaneous, but he, he also had a tremendous understanding of his music. We're going to get to two more songs here. Starting off, these were both recorded with Rafael de la Paz, Bonito y
So there was three incredible songs, three songs that were that actually became some of his biggest hits at that point in his career. Starting off, Bonito y Sabroso, that's become really synonymous with the name of Benny More. Moving on, La Culebra, and ending off there with his masterful interpretation of Mata Guaraya. And he does it just so beautifully, especially that ending note. It is so, so incredible. I don't think anyone can top that. Just... He was so masterful in how he used his voice and his range. And, 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 and he had this swing. That's the thing. The way he worked with the music is really, I think, one of the finest examples of a sonero. I think it's one of the finest examples that we can look at. I mean, Benny was just, again, Cuba's greatest voice. Truly, truly, he really was. But I do want to address now, who was the first per How did he get that name, El Bárbaro de Ritmo? So there's two different stories. Olga Guillot says that it was her husband at the time, Ibrahim Urbino, who first called him El Bárbaro de Ritmo. Another alternative story says that it was actually Jesus Chucho Rodriguez, who he recorded with. We're going to hear some of those recordings next, who called him that. Now, it's more probable that it was Ibrahim Urbino because that term, El Bárbaro, is mostly used by Cubans and Chucho Rodriguez was Mexican. So it's really unlikely that he would be using a term that was used by Cubans. Uh, and Barbaro is it's kind of interesting. Like, what does it actually mean? Like, what's a proper translation? Well, when you say someone, when the Cubans say El Barbaro, they mean that some, someone that's really, really masterful at something. Like, they really do it super, super well. So I think it, it's, it's the most plausible explanation for how did he get that name at Barbaro de Ritmo is probably Ibrahim Urbino. Uh, and But again, there's always going to be debate. There's always going to be other stories. And a lot of these stories about Benny, I have to say, there's a contradictory information. And a lot of times I kind of had to choose what seemed more credible or the source that seemed more credible. But of course, there's always room to uh, debate and to talk about these things. But we're going to get to some more music here. We're going to listen to a recording that he did with Jesus Trucho Rodriguez, Esta Noche Corazón. Noche corazón, yo me despido y no sé si volveré a estar contigo. Hoy termina en un adiós nuestro cariño y todo lo que. En la vida Quizás nuestro destino Lo juzgue conveniente Y ordena que marchemos Por caminos diferentes Esta noche corazón En esta dolorosa despedida Marachemos por caminos diferentes. 
corazón Te doy la vida En esta dolorosa Despedida En esta dolorosa So there we just heard Esta Noche Corazón. Now, in April of 1952, at the height of his career in Mexico, where he's doing so many things, he's recording with these great artists, he's doing recordings, his hits are on the radio all over South America and parts of the Caribbean, not just in Mexico. He decides that he's going back to Cuba. He's going back home. And he was well known in Latin America and the Caribbean, just not in Cuba. The name Benny More really didn't mean much in Cuba. They didn't know who he was. They weren't listening to his music. So he leaves a thriving career in Mexico to then come back and try to remake his name in Cuba because he was developing a bit of a reputation and starting to be known with his work with Conjunto Matamoros. But then he up and left all of that and spent seven years in Mexico building a career there. So now he has to reestablish himself in Cuban music. But that is a story for next week because we're going to hear the story of how Benny More became El Benny in Cuba and how he was able to do that in just one year of being back in the country. But we're going to end off here. Oye, una canción para ti. Until next time, con mucho, mucho cariño, keep dancing, keep honoring your ancestors, and don't forget to tune in to part two next week. Con mucho, mucho cariño. Chao, mi gente. Al hacerlo en mi pecho dejó recuerdos de tu amor. Ahora estoy que al no verte me siento fallecer. Estoy que ya no quiero vivir si no es con tu querer. que te hizo marchar solo sé que yo sin ti no quiero estar para ti son las letras de mi linda canción y espero que al oírlas vendrás y me darás tu amor Solo sé que yo sin ti no quiero estar Para ti son las letras de mi linda canción Y espero que al oírlas vendrá y me darás Oh, oh, oh.